Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, lovely listeners. Before we get to the episode, we want to take a moment to address the June 24, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and for their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all. Learn more by visiting choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. And this actually makes them the only, uh, the only team to have only losing matches in the World Cup. Hi everyone, this is Carmen and Christina, and this is Historias Unknown, where today Christina again is going to be telling us about something. Yes, yes, I will be telling you about something that you've probably never heard about before. And I know I told you I was going to tell you about the history of the hard shell taco, but I actually last minute changed my topic because I found out about something else that caught my eye. Have you heard about La Guerra del Fútbol, the soccer war? No. Well, that is, yeah, that is what I will be telling you about today. One would say (laughs) this is an historia unknown. Yeah, that is what one would say weird, right? (laughs) So, La Guerra del Fútbol, or the Soccer War, or also called the 100-Hour War, occurred in 1969 between El Salvador and Honduras. Oh, um, you haven't heard about it? Uh Now that you said the 100-Hour War, I have heard about about it. I don't remember it, uh, but Papi told me about it. Really? What the hell? Yeah. He never told me about it. Well, he never tells you anything. He tells all his stories to me and Luis for some reason. This is like I tell everyone on a spooky tale. It's the story the of your thing. life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I But I don't remember anything about it, really. Vaguely. I'm just mad now. <laughs> and I didn't know it had another name. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So it's still an historia unknown to you mostly. Yeah. <laughs> so you I just can't, I can't believe you never told me. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I can, but I'm still offended. <laughs> Tienes que reclamar. I will. On brand for him, though. <laughs> yeah, truly. So the uh, the name implies that the war happened because of soccer. But in reality, soccer was a small part of a much bigger conflict. Uh, the war began on the 14th of July and ended on the 18th of July. Hence the name 100 Hour War. And the fighting between the two countries really escalated after three soccer matches. And they weren't just any soccer matches. They were to qualify for the World Cup in 1970. And these are a big deal if you are from a soccer-loving country, like as is most Latin America. Yeah. 
And uh, I did watch uh, the last match. Mm -hmm. It's on YouTube, like in gray and black. It was an intense match. Yeah. As far as soccer goes, I was like, wow. Okay. So yeah, these set of games were not just any games. They were leading up to the World Cup and it would determine who was going to make it to the 1970 World Cup. And uh, it was a big deal because both El Salvador and Honduras had not made it to the uh, World Cup ever at this time. So the first match between the two countries took place on the 8th of June in 1969 in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. This is the capital. And Honduras won. I mean, it's a home game. Like, it's... Yeah. If you lose a home game, it's like... It's it's not good. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, Honduras won that one. The next match took place in San Salvador, in Salvador, the capital of El Salvador. And El Salvador won won, uh, 3 to 0. And this was on the 15th of June. And because each one had won a game, then there was going to be a third match. And this was on the 27th of June. And this one took place in Estadio Azteca in Ciudad Mexico in Mexico. And El Salvador won 3-0, but they were tied. So for those that don't know, when the World Cup is happening, you can't tie. Someone has to win. So they give you extra time. And the extra time is an extra set of so two half times that are each like 15 minutes long. And if you if you still don't win by the end of the extra time, then you go to penalties, which is like crazy. If you um, it's so nerve wracking. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, my God, van a penales. And it's insane to watch. <laughs> but this didn't go to penales. This uh, in the mm-hmm. first half of the extra time. A Salvadoran player scored the winning goal, and so this made El Salvador win and qualify for the World Cup. Did did I say that was on the 11th minute? I don't remember. I don't think you did. Okay, that was on the 11th minute of the first half of extra time. Each match was met with more violence between soccer matches, and um, I feel like most soccer matches, sadly, there is like fights and stuff, but these were pretty violent. During the third match, El Salvador cut all ties with Honduras, like diplomatic ties. El Salvador claimed that since the soccer game started and El Salvador won, 11,700 Salvadorans had to flee Honduras because of uh, extreme violence, which included like beatings, uh, rapes, and like long time oppression that had been happening to Salvadorans in Honduras for like for some time now. So just escalated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially after the first match, um, news media, they began publishing and reporting on stories like on persecution of Salvadorans in Honduras and the Salvadoran oligarchs. Um, If you recall from our first episode, we touched on the Salvadoran oligarchs, the 14 families. Mm -hmm. They were in power during this time as well. Uh, So this is like leading up to the Civil War of El Salvador. This is in 1969. The Civil War took place in 1980. Um, and so all these circumstances that are happening here are contributing factors to the civil war. So these these 14 oligarchs that are, are to blame, partially to blame for the conditions that thrust El Salvador into civil war, um, they are here in 1969 demanding for war, for military action against Honduras. Hmm. I don't know why. Like, I don't know their interests. Uh, other I guess than other money other than money yeah I was gonna say well I think usually the 
rich get richer during wars? <laughs> Maybe they had some kind of, I don't know, whatever businesses. Something, right? Yeah. So during the game, the last match where Salvador won, um, Salvadoran fans were yelling like, Asesinos! Asesinos! Murders! Murders! To the Honduran team. 1,700 Mexican police were deployed to control violent crowds. Attentions were high when Mauricio Pipo Rodriguez, that's the name of the, the soccer player that scored the, the winning goal. Mm-hmm. Tensions were high when he scored that winning goal. And Rodriguez later went on to say that him and the entire team felt like it was their patriotic duty to win. And losing was going to be a great dishonor, something that they were going to carry for the rest of their lives. But if your country has never made it to the World Cup, um, like, I mean, yeah, you made it feel that pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if people would have looked at it like, wow, they made it this far. I feel like people would have looked at it like fucking losers. <laughs> That's what I was going to say right now. Like, why don't you think of it that way? But no, no one's going to. No. <laughs> so, yeah. But he he says later that he had no idea about the role that the last goal would have on history and that it would become a symbol for war. Like, he had no idea that was going to happen. The next day, the United Press International, so they're like the Associated Press, but like in Latin America, basically, they put out an article that said, La guerra del fútbol la ganó el Salvador 3 a 2. El Salvador won the soccer war 3 to 2. And like, they didn't have to say war. <laughs> they, they just made it worse. <laughs> yes, this headline like really escalated things. It added fuel, fuel to the fire and... The war was going to happen regardless of the last goal and El Salvador winning, but it just made things worse because people will get into it at soccer games and there is like a lot of violence and these countries were already at it. And so the border between the two saw increasing violence. And um, in the 10 days that followed the, the last match, violence increased. And just to go into some context so that no one thinks like this was caused by the game. (laughs) Honduras is five times bigger than El Salvador. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. El Salvador is the smallest country. And I knew it was bigger. Yeah, I was gonna say I knew all the surrounding countries are bigger. I didn't realize by how much. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, it's five times bigger than El, um, El Salvador. And so because of this, it just had naturally due to its size, it had more job opportunities than El Salvador itself. The way things worked in El Salvador at the time, life was just way harder if you were not part of those 14 families. Like, uh, yeah, the disparity between the classes, it was like there was almost no middle class. It was all the 14 families and then everyone else like. And I and yeah, we went into the, the we went into this way more detailed in the first episode that we had. Um, but yeah, it was the economic disparities were huge. So there was just more opportunity in Honduras than in Salvador. And there was a lot of companies in the United States. Oh, sorry. A lot of American companies in Honduras hiring in Honduras, especially Salvadorans, because they could pay less for, uh, yeah, uh, migrant work, right? Of course. By 1969, there was more than 300,000 Salvadoreños in Honduras. They made up 20% of the population. And... Like when you think about like the bordering countries or the bordering states between Mexico and the mm. United States, like I think it's even closer in El Salvador and Honduras just because the countries are smaller and they're just so intertwined. Mm. So there was a lot, a lot of Salvadorans in Honduras. And one of these American companies hiring in Honduras, guess who they were? Can you give me 
what industry it was. <laughs> Farm labor. The United Fruit Company? Yes. Oh. <laughs> of course. Who else? Who else would it be, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the United Fruit Company owned 10% of the land in Honduras at this time. That's a lot. One company to own that much land yeah. in one country. And so in 1966, the United Fruit Company teamed up with the other big companies in Honduras, and together they formed the FENAG, so La Federación Nacional de Agricultores y Ganaderos de Honduras, and in English, that is the National Federation of Farmers and Livestock of Honduras. This organization was formed by the United Fruit Company and other large similar companies, so by no surprise, it was, and the, the article I read said anti-peasant, but really this translates into anti-rural worker, anti-campesino, yeah. which really means anti-indigenous. Indigenous. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And anti-Salvadoran because mm. that's who they employed. And so this group put a lot of pressure on the uh, Honduran government to protect their own interests, which was their property and wealth, like the property and wealth of the rich landowners. Per huge. And so due to this pressure put on them by the uh, FENAG, the government enacted a law called the New Reform Law. And when you look at the name, you're like, oh, that sounds like it might be a good thing. Like New it Reform. Sounds progressive. Yeah, the, it sounds. The New Deal, the New Reform. <laughs> exactly right. You would think, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not progressive at all. The new reform law gave the government much of the land that was already occupied by Salvadoran immigrants, and, and they said illegally occupied. That's the term they used. And they redistributed this land that they took from uh, Salvadoran immigrants and indigenous people of Honduras, and they redistributed to the words they used, natural-born Honduran citizens. Oh, my God. Thousands of Salvadorans were removed from Honduras, and this included people that had been there for a very, very, very long time already, and migrant workers. And this reform also caused a huge problem for Salvadoran and Honduran Honduran couples that were married. Oh. Because it took their land, even though, like, they were a couple. <laughs> it didn't matter. And did it mean the Salvadorian partner had to leave? Yeah, yeah. So it was like separating people and then obviously like the the Honduras part of the couple was going to follow or where they stay like just huge yeah. problems. So these things like this land reform coupled with the intensity and violence of the games led to the war. So on July 14, 1969, late in the afternoon, El Salvador invaded Honduras. So they started the war. <laughs> and because the 14 families were pressuring or wanted the war, basically. Yes, they wanted the war. And then they were like claiming that there was injustices towards Salvadorans in Honduras. Those were like the two reasons, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. including the deportation of a bunch of Salvadorans. So mm -hmm. they launched an aerial attack and they used like they didn't have a lot of military power. So they used passenger airplanes with explosives, explosives attached to the sides as bombers because they, did, they didn't have, like, an advanced air force. And they targeted the Toncontin International Airport in Honduras. This made it so the Honduran Air Force had to delay their reaction to the attack, and it gave them, like, a small advantage because at the same time, the army, the Salvadoran, like, um, infantry and army and all that, they 
uh, invaded through the two main roads that connected El Salvador and Honduras. And they advanced pretty close to the capital of Honduras, like quickly. But the advantage didn't last. The Honduras Air Force attacked the Yopango Air Base of El Salvador on the 16th of July. And Salvadoran air artillery defenses were not enough to repel all the bombs. So by the end of the 16th, the Salvadoran coastline was basically on fire from the bombings. Like, destroyed. Wow. Both countries were using, like, old American World War II, World War II equipment. Like, aircraft, vehicles. So again, that was... They had leftovers from the United States, basically. And the Salvadoran army was being supported by the United States, while Honduras was being supported by Nicaragua. The fighting continued, and uh, Honduras called on the OAS to intervene. The OAS is the Organization of American States. It was founded in 1948 with the purpose of providing solidarity and cooperation and peace among the states of the Americas. So really, this means Latin America, basically. Although, currently, there's 34 members. I don't know. I didn't check who the members of it were. In this time, in the 1960s, the um, members were 21 countries, mostly in Latin America. It's headquartered in Washington, D.C., and has 34... Oh, sorry, 21 members at the time. And so they held an urgent, urgent meeting on the 18th and they called for a ceasefire and a withdrawal of Salvadoran forces. And El Salvador was like, no, <laughs> because they were demanding reparations for Salvadorans in Honduras. And they wanted the guaranteed safety of Salvadorans before they agreed to withdraw. Though by the end of the night, they did cease, agree to a ceasefire. Mm. but they didn't withdraw <laughs> they didn't withdraw until the 2nd of august they were like uh what's it called demanding like reparations and i don't mm -hmm. know that they ever got them honestly <laughs> the war had devastating consequences on both countries 300,000 salvadorians were displaced but they were not welcomed warmly back to el salvador which i guess is not surprising fully surprising to me how annoying. <laughs> yeah. You would think like they're here they are demanding another country to respect Salvadorians and their people. And they don't even do it when they get back. Or when these Salvadorians were removed from the country, they were demanding respect for their people for they're not respecting them. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. When exiled Salvadorians returned to El Salvador, they had no assistance from the government. Oh my god. Yeah, and they had to provide for themselves basically. Honduras suffered 250 military casualties and over 2,000 civilians. Thousands were unhoused due to the damage by the war. Uh, El Salvador suffered 900 casualties and the majority were civilians, not military. The war worsened the economic situation in El Salvador, which later contributed to the civil war. Yes, which was a co main contributor to the civil war. El Salvador did end up going to the World Cup. Uh, but they were eliminated uh, after losing the first three matches <laughs> against the Soviet Union, because they were the USSR still at the time. Wow. Uh, Mexico was the other one they lost to. And Belgium was the third one that they lost to. They qualified again for the World Cup in 1982, and they lost all first three matches again. And this actually makes them the only, uh, the only team to have only losing matches in the World Cup. <laughs> Wow. But, you know, they've made it twice. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a huge accomplishment. 
I think, especially for an underfunded, uh, yeah, starving team, one could say, were they being starved? I've I've read here and there that that's some that it's just not like they don't make money being on the team. Basically, oh, I did recently. Um, these this past few months, there's been qualifying games for the next World Cup. And there was a match between El Salvador and Mexico, and Mexico almost lost. Like, mm-hmm. they were actually doing good. I remember hearing about that from you and Mommy. Yes, we did tell you about it. Uh, but again, I mean, like, I guess, like, World Cup and, like, national soccer teams, it's really, like, form of, like, nationalism. <laughs> yeah. I'm still going to root for El Salvador when they play against Mexico. Um, But... Yeah, this makes them the only team to have lost all their matches at the World Cup. And they hold the record for the biggest loss ever. They lost to Hungary 10-1 to in 1982. Wow. Hungary, it's a tough team for anyone to beat, honestly. <laughs> but a peace treaty was signed between the two countries in 1980, though there's been conflicts since then. None have led to military action, of course. But I don't know, just the situation in both places is just rough all around yeah. the edges these days especially i don't know much about honduras but i will say that el salvador is yeah not doing too hot though though the bitcoin bro bitcoin oh my god i can't talk today bitcoin the coin yes bro? the bitcoin bros will say otherwise <laughs> oh yeah but yeah that is la guerra del fútbol the 100 hour war or um the soccer war just an, it was an unfortunate, unnecessary war yeah. that caused harm to the people, but those in power benefited from. Mm-hmm. Story as old as time. Yeah, yeah. Like all wars, really. And um, yeah, completely unnecessary and had long-lasting effects on both countries. But yeah, short, short episode on this because um, there's not a whole lot on there. I didn't go looking for like war accounts, obviously. Um, yeah. But what what did Bobby, you don't remember what Bobby told you about it? Um, so he told me about the soccer matches and that um, El Salvador eventually did go to the World Cup. I don't remember if he told me about Honduras and the like mistreatment of Salvadorians there. He might have, but I don't remember. Hi everyone, this is Editing Christina, just to let everyone know that I did talk to Carmen and she did talk to her dad and he told her a little bit about the war. It's a tiny amount, but I'm going to play that next and then we'll get back to the end of the episode. Also, he told me that, um, and I remember, I forgot when we were recording, but as he was telling me, then I remembered him telling me before. But anyway, he had an uncle, an older uncle, who had a zapateria in Honduras and he was um, kicked out of Honduras with all of his, he wasn't able to get anything from the Zapateria and he was kicked out from Honduras. And then I remember he also told me, well, I only remembered because of course he told me again, but he says, and I don't know if you saw any uh, record of this anywhere, because it might just be an urban myth, but he says that the Hondureños were poisoning the fruit and the water of the Sal- Salvadorians and that um, they killed a bunch of Salvadorians too. Then he was just like, well, you know how los de Honduras son, no les gusta trabajar y pues a nosotros sí. And I'm just like, oh my God. Okay, and now back to the episode. Okay. I'm going to ask him again, see if he tells me anything. Probably give me like the most basic 
information on it. Yeah, it was a short war. Yeah, yeah, because he always does that to me. <laughs> but yeah, I had no idea that this war even happened. Yeah. But I was like, well, with the World Cup coming up next year or qualifiers going on right now or whatever, something's going on with the World Cup soon. <laughs> and FIFA just has a long, I don't know, they're not a, I don't, I mean, like, I like soccer, obviously, I and I watch it, but, like, the World Cup is in Qatar. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's the next World Cup in Qatar, which is not a, it's a very, uh, a place that holds, you know, val- like, homophobic uh, laws yeah. and mistreatment of women and and then they go around banning like like mexico they love to throw around the um puto chant you know which yeah it's not a good thing to chant around but they ban like mexico for things like that and but then they go and hold the yeah world and cup like in qatar you know another good episode to do one day would be the world cup being held i think it was in brazil and just like so many people oh, died yeah. during the construction of it and like there was so many inhumane is that the word the right word um like there was a lot of human rights violations that occurred yeah. to construct the the stadium and isn't it like abandoned now or something yes i feel like i heard that yeah it is yeah um so yeah that, that would be another good topic to do because yeah you know people in latin america they love their soccer but there's a lot of uh shady things that go down i guess that's where i was going with that what's well, like here when they want to build stadiums instead of um using all that money for things that are needed exactly but yeah if you i don't know have a soccer living friend send them this episode uh and do you have your is it gonna be a you topic I feel like it just needs to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah, so we'll see what topic is <laughs> next week. It's for sure going to be something you haven't heard about, probably. I don't know. Or maybe you have. <laughs> like I heard about this. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, by the way, you can now check us out at historiasunknown.com. We have a website. It's nice looking. There's an about section. Eventually, I'm going to add Patreon information. I need to redo our Patreon because it was when we were, it was capitalism all along. And I'm thinking a Patreon would be good for, like, really short uh, topics that there's not a lot of information about, but they're, like, interest- interesting. The Hard Shell Taco history and the history of gum. Um, I was going to join those for one longer episode, but even then, it wouldn't be that long. But I feel like Patreon would be perfect for things like that, like, just short, interesting topics. So, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> Um, well, why don't you sign us off? Because Sammy's over here breathing on the mic and banging on it. <laughs> he wants to say bye. Sammy, say bye. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And goodbye. Bye. Bye.